Coming to you from the Big Island of Hawaii, it's the Songs and Stories Podcast. And now, here's your host, Steve Roby. Aloha, this is Steve Roby backstage at the Kahilu Theater once again. And my very special guest today is Slacky Guitar Master, Keola Beamer. Aloha, welcome. Aloha, Steve. Nice to be with you. Thank you Great. very much. It's a pleasure to ha be able to talk to you today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so you. this is your Coming Home to Waimea concert. It's also the season opener for the Kahilu Theater. Uh, I was looking back, it looks like the last time you were here, it's kind of fuzzy because there was a pandemic, <laughs> but I think it was with uh, Henry Capona? Yeah. Back, back yeah. maybe 2019? That sounds about right. Sounds about then, right, yeah. Then we were both out of work for about two years. Yeah. I mean, all musicians yeah, on the tough. planet were out of it work. It was tough, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we learned a, a lot of stuff. Um, I uh, managed to get kind of closer to my wife during that period because we spent so much time together, you know. Uh, so, so that was a, a, a lovely um, kind of bonus to the thing. Reconnect. Uh, yeah, everything. yeah. You know, so that's great. So, uh, being raised here on the Big Island, um, can you share a bit about what it was like then and how music came into your life? I understand your mom was a great influence on music. Oh, you? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, my family is is kind of the. Um, uh, Really, I, I look at my life and I wonder, you know, how did I manage to get so blessed and just have this amazing Hawaiian family to, you know, be in the midst of? Um, and my uh, great grandmother, Helen Deshea Beamer, one of Hawaii's finest composers, um, my own work doesn't even touch the hem of her skirt, you know, just mm. beautiful compositions. Then my mom, Nona Beamer, uh, taught at Kamehameha schools for over 40 years. Mm. Uh, beautiful uh, hula dancer and uh, composer. Then my grandmother, uh, Louise Beamer. Uh, now, my grandmother and grandfather lived about six miles down the road from here, up on the slopes of Mauna oh, Kea. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's where our family ranch was, nice. White Homestead Ranch. Uh -huh. so we had 450 acres, and my grandfather ran about 400 head of cattle. That's how we made our living, you know. Do you remember your first music experience? Um, <clears throat> it was, uh, you know, my, my family always just had these great parties, you know, and... <laughs> So it's probably during one of those. I remember, this is true. I remember as a little boy, you know, five or six years old, kind of wandering around while the family was having a party. You'd bump into auntie and say, oh, baby, you look so, how about a little, you want a sip of this beer? Oh, have a little sip. I'll take a sip, then next auntie, oh, baby, you want to, you know. It's I had a blast. <laughs> Let's get the party started. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk about the development of contemporary Hawaiian music? Sure. What you experienced? Um, you know, that's a, kind of a, a deep subject, but, but essentially, you know, the, the guitar, um, as the ukulele, you know, they, they're not Hawaiian instruments. The ukulele is, um, you know, a Portuguese instrument, and the guitar, you know, Europe somewhere, we still have a debate about how the guitar began. But at any rate, these instruments were introduced to Hawaii and then acculturated. By, by that term, I mean that the culture kind of wrapped around them and, and used that beautiful gift of that music, mm. you know, in our own culture. Sure. So the guitar was introduced uh, in this little town in about 1830. Wow. And the story is that the uh, king, by this time, Kauikeauli, Kamehameha uh, III, um, George Vancouver, the English sea captain, had left some uh, cattle for Kamehameha I as kind of a, mm. the idea 
being that uh, perhaps the English sailing ships could come and re, you know, reprovision with this beef you know, mm -hmm. as, the, as the years went by, if there was a cattle herd uh -huh. on Hawaii Island. So, uh, but what they didn't realize is uh, Hawaiians had no method of controlling these animals. So Kawikeoli sent to uh, what is now uh, California, used to be part of Mexico, Santa Cruz, to, uh, to send three Paniolo, or actually, sorry, vaqueros, vaqueros Spanish yeah. cowboys, yeah, yeah. to come over with their horses, sure. their saddles. And with them, they bought a few guitars, mm -hmm. and that's how the guitar was introduced sure. to Hawaii. Sure. And then yeah. it, we began kind of figuring out, you know, the Spanish did not stay long enough to teach us how to tune it, so mm -hmm. we kind of had to figure out what, you know, what we're going to do with this thing. And, and so these beautiful tunings were invented. Mm. And that kind of became the, the, the centerpiece of our art form, the Hawaiian Saki guitar. All these interesting tunings that families develop. It's kind of top secret for you know, quite a while. It was very difficult to learn because each tuning kind of went with the family. Mm. Unless you were a member of that family, probably not going to They, they weren't sure. No. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but eventually, you know, it, it kind of... Uh, it, it grew and young people were interested in it and nice. pretty soon. So your focus with uh, contemporary Hawaiian music came along during the Hawaii Renaissance in the 1970s, mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah, that's generally regarded as the Renaissance okay. of Hawaiian music. How would you say that it, it's evolved <coughs> since then or has it evolved since mm -hmm. then? Well, it's, you know, there's something, uh, you know, some traditionalists kind of want to just keep things the same, you know, like Uncle Ray uh, Kane and I used to tour in the 90s, and, you know, he, he was always kind of cautious about the music kind of changing a little bit too much, you know. And, um, and you know, the thing about artists is, you know, it's wonderful to recreate the work, but, you know, we sort of have an artistic DNA that sort of asks us to, you know, to maybe reinvent it a little bit or try something new or you know try a new idea or try to understand a little bit more deeply what the composer is intending and then mm -hmm. you know figure it out from there so it, it grew it blossomed all the tunings became public much more people yeah. playing it uh, music is all over the world now sure you know and just a few weeks ago um, there was a group called uh, kamekoa that mm -hmm. came in um, three electric ukulele players mm -hmm. playing uh, contemporary Hawaiian music and yes. a little bit of Grateful Dead influence there. So <laughs> it, it's, it's taken on a few new steps. Sure, so, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's good. I mean, yeah. it, music has to grow. It has to change. Young people got to be interested in it, yeah. you know. So yeah. that's, that's a natural course of events. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just glad it's still around. And, <clears throat> you know, when we invent a new way to play a piece or a new interpretation, we don't destroy the old one. That's still there, mm. you know. So I, I think it's, it's good. You know, yeah, kind of grow as long as it's respected. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Yeah. We stand on the shoulders of uh, Uncle Ray and Gabby, those that came before yeah. us as the Slack Key guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your um, Aloha Music Camp. Sure. Uh, it's returning to Hawaii Island next year. Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, about 21 years ago now, I was in Seattle, I was doing a workshop and you know, I, I was the person that sort of figured out how to notate Hawaiian slacky guitar. Mm. So I wrote the first method book for the Hawaiian slacky guitar wow. in 1972. Part of that, there was no written anything. Zero. Why is that? Well, people couldn't figure out how to notate it, uh -huh. for one thing. You know, standard musical notation for the guitar is just treble clef. So if you're going to lower those strings down, you're going to keep writing these low ledger lines. And, you know, with each tuning, 
the notes are moving around, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's like standard musical notation for Slacky is almost impossible. Mm. So instead, I, I found this thing. I was studying at the university, and I was playing in a Renaissance music quartet, and I was reading this uh, process called ta lute tablature. So I was playing lute, mm. and I was I was looking sort of at a picture of the lute, you know, the where the fingers go in the strings. So you got mm. six. Uh, you know, horizontal lines, and then the frets, vertical lines, and then the numbers. So first string, second fret, put your finger here. Wow, okay. That kind of thing. So it's like yeah, a yeah. picture of the lute. And then okay. that's when the light bulb went off in my head. Oh my God, this would work for the Hawaiian Slacky guitar. Work for any tuning, wow. you know, any kind of weird tuning you want to invent, you can still write it down using uh, tablature. I hope you're recognized in the Hawaiian history books and music books of... Uh... Oh, definitely, yeah. Okay. In fact, uh, you know, there was a concern at the time, I remember asking my mother, you know, will I be criticized for this? And she said, uh, yes, because, you know, this it's going to make some kupuna uncomfortable that you're, like, sharing the secrets ah, of the Hawaiian ah, Saki guitar. Ah. And uh, that, uh, you could feel that when that book first came out. Some people were very uncomfortable with it. But the first time, some little young person mm. played slack key for their tutu or their their you know their grandmother or something and she just melted you know Using hearing that sound sheet, yeah. yeah their their little boy is ah. playing slack key on dad's guitar reading this piece of paper that criticism evaporated completely nice yeah. cool so uh, yeah, let's get to back the, to the uh, the music camp sure. there. W when does it start next year, and how can people sign up for it? Yeah, you can go online, alohamusiccamp.com, and that's mm -hmm. kind of how everybody's doing it these mm. days. We've we've been operating for about twenty years really? now, okay. and so I, I got distracted from my story. But anyway, in, in Seattle, I'm passing around this tablature, right? So I'm doing a workshop. There's mm -hmm. about thirty people there. I hand it out. I start walking around, passing music. But I get to the thirtieth guy. The first guy is playing the music already. And, you know, it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's playing the notes, but there's something lacking. The, 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 the musicality is lacking. The feeling is lacking. It's, it's mechanical. So I was complaining about it to my mother one day, and I said, you know, how do we fix that? And she mm -hmm. said, you know, you've got to spend more time with these students. You know? if, if you can get them to come to Hawaii and kind of immerse them oh, okay. in the culture a little bit, then they're going to get it. Sure. But you can't do it in three hours. And she right. was exactly right. And yeah. so that's where we... We just took a chance one day, let's kind of invite some friends and nice. kind of was more like a rave, you know, just having fun. And then over the years, they got more, more teachers involved. So we have uh, Olelo Hawaii language, Hawaiian language, ukulele, mm. uh, saki guitar, nice. hula. Um, I mean, it's, you got to look at the program. It, it, and I am blessed with the best uh, kumu in Hawaii because mm. they love the program and they love the vibe of all of us being there. Have you got together. a date for that? Actually? Yeah, you know, fortunately, I can't remember it, but it's... Okay. <laughs> Just go online. Yeah, yeah go yeah. online. It's okay. like, uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's yeah. I'm sorry, I can't remember That's it. That's okay. What's the rest of the year look like for you? Are you working on any yeah. recordings or touring? Well, or? One, one of the ancillary things that developed from Maloha Music Camp is, is we created a foundation. And so this came from... Our, my sort of beginning, my brother and I, as young boys, you know, we, we didn't have very much money, single mom raising two Hawaiian kids. And so, you know, we, we 
were disadvantaged in the sense that we didn't have money, but we didn't know it because we were loved by our family. And then we also had our ukuleles. The ukuleles brought mm. joy mm -hmm. to our lives and, you know, happy little fingers. Ukulele is very user-friendly for kids. Sure, sure. So I, th I was in Cambodia a couple of years ago working on a film score in Kathmandu. And um, we went, you know, out into these pretty remote communities with some local friends and stuff, some musicians. Mm -hmm. And I noticed this sort of inherent sadness in, mm. in the community. You know, they're still recovering from the Khmer Rouge in Vietnam and, mm. you know, this terrible cultural, um, you know, thing that happened to them. Millions of them were killed. So they, when you get into the little towns and really rural areas where there's so little income and people are, you know, really struggling in their existence, let's see the kids and they'd be in the shadows just looking so sad, you know, mm. and I thought, man, is there anything we could do? And then I, I thought of the ukulele and how they bought us oh, joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought, well, what if we bought a bunch of ukuleles, sat down with the kids, showed them how to play it. So we found a school in Cambodia. We bought in five instructors, 35 ukuleles, and we started teaching the kids. And we didn't want to teach them our music. We wanted them to have the, the understanding of the chords so that they could do their own music. Essentially, we're trying to acculturate the ukulele in Cambodia. Wow, nice. You know? And it worked out beautifully. Six months later, we started getting videos from these kids playing in town squares with their, with their kupuna and their relatives going, yeah, wow, everybody's happy cool. and singing. The kids have little stickers on their ukuleles wow. and they're just going to town. I hope somebody documented that on the film. Oh, yeah, we got, we okay, got some nice good. footage of it. So good. that's one of the things we're going to be doing in October, we're leaving mm. for India. So we're taking 40 guitar, uh, ukuleles to Sikkim, India, working with a school there with, you know, uh, impoverished Indian wow. children. That must make you feel so good. Oh, it does. You oh know, and especially when they do their own music. Mm. That really lights me up. Wow, nice. So fans watching your show today on Kahilu yeah. TV yeah. that are listening to this that haven't seen the performance yet, what can they look forward to when they tune in? Uh, well, what are you doing today? For, for one thing, you know, I, I try to be, how should I put it? I, I really work at, at trying to authentically present what I think is the beautiful stuff of the Hawaiian culture. You know, whether it's the guitar. I'm so fortunate because my wife is a kumuhula, so mm -hmm. she has just expert hula knowledge. And, uh, and she also has a really beautiful background in native instruments. So we're combining native instruments with the uh, mm. Hawaiian slacky guitar and the hula. So it, it really is kind of a... It's more than just watching a guy play the guitar. Right, right. Yeah. I saw you earlier brought the nose flute in. Yeah, yeah, I love those that instruments. They kind of yeah. bring, bring you back in time. You know? Nice. Yeah. Okay, Ola, thank you so much for your thank time you. today. Yeah. Have a great show here at the Kihilu Theater, and uh, enjoy your time back here on the Big Island. Thank you so much. Okay. Pleasure being with you. Aloha. Aloha. Thanks for listening to the Songs and Stories podcast. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next week on Songs and Stories. Aloha.